Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I don't know what Cinderella team means. So, no, I don't prescribe to that. North Carolina's been to more Final Fours than any program ever. I know that the togetherness of this team and the health of this team has been at an all-time high the last two months. And I know that we're playing extremely well and we're deserving of being here. And I know that I'm happy for our players for having the experience of being here. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe Jaron Hawksworth with you on a Friday as we get set for the Final Four. North Carolina Duke. Kansas Villanova has heard the uh, the voice of Hubert Davis, head coach of North Carolina, saying his team, they're not a Cinderella. He doesn't care what seed they are. They're North Carolina. And we get this game coming up as the uh, late game on Saturday. It is a four-point number right now. Duke is favorite. Let's talk Cinderella's and Final Four and all this with Michael Beller of The Athletic. He joins us right now on the Roman Guest Line. Michael, welcome back to the show. We can start with Duke, North Carolina. It opened at four and a half. It has come down to four. We saw it in some places as low as, low as three and a half. What do you make of the game here, Michael, and the line movement uh, towards Carolina? Hey, guys, not surprised to see the, the line movement go a little bit toward Carolina, I suppose, because I do think that this is going to be a relatively close game. I, you know, I sort of hate to say that uh, I don't love either side, but I, I don't love either side. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm forced to bet it, I'm probably betting Carolina, mostly because I think they can, you know, Carolina's, the best defensive rebounding team in the country. This is an excellent, excellent defensive rebounding team. That's been true about them all season, even when early in the season, when they were not playing to the level that they are playing right now, this has always been a team that has cleaned up its defensive glass. Well, and Duke gets a lot of extra possessions from how good of an offensive rebounding team they are. So I do think that, that Carolina can counteract that strength of Dukes and prevent them from getting those easy putbacks, those kickouts for wide open threes on their offensive rebounding that they've gotten all season long. And so I think that ultimately is something that can keep this game close. But I, I just trust both of these offenses so much that if I am betting something in this game, and you know we're, we're here on a gambling show, so surprise, surprise, I am betting something in this game, it's the over. Yeah. I think both these offenses show up to play. And that's, that's what I want to bet on because I think these offenses are both so great. They both have ways they can attack the opposing team's defense. I don't want to sit here and say that I've got a great feel on the side when I could see it going so many different ways. And I think so both teams have so many paths to covering and to outright victory. But I do trust these offenses. So 151, 151 and a half, I think we see this number go past that. Okay. And yeah, we saw that happen in their first two matchups. Everyone remembers 94 to 81 at Cameron. So uh, it sounds like you see, you see something similar 
uh, we, we've seen a lot of slow starts throughout the tournament. Since the Sweet 16, first half unders are 11 and 1, 11 and 1. And uh, you're, you're thinking, you know, even with this game and the old Final Four big stadium backdrop we always hear about, you don't think it's going to impact these offenses at all? I just think there's, there's too much shot-making ability on both sides and too many ways for both offenses to attack the opposing team's defense. I also think you look at the fact that you know North Carolina is going to do whatever they can do to get out and run, and they've done that very effectively for the last, really going back to you know probably early February. They've, they've really turned themselves into one of the better track meet teams in the country. Duke doesn't want to do that, and I think Duke's going to do what they can to slow that down to a certain extent. We all saw what happened in Cameron the last game of the regular season, and some of that had to do with you know Duke, Carolina being able to get out and run and make that their sort of pace game, but it's not like Duke is totally uncomfortable playing at a heightened pace or that they're incapable of playing at a heightened pace. They've got the ball handlers to get out and run when the opportunity presents itself. So are they going to let, are they going to want to let Carolina run, run, run? I don't think so, but neither of these teams wants to play slow. And so I think that the extra possessions that are generated via the pace of this game can help it get to above that scoring level, get to uh, counteract some of the depth perception issues, that maybe we see early in this game. And then again, we, we all know this, you guys. Both these teams are great three-point shooting teams. And so I think oh, there's going to be enough possession, enough shot-making to counteract any sort of slow start that might come via nerves, via depth perception, whatever the case might be. So are you saying the first half under that's been so profitable might be a stay-away in this game? Yeah. <laughs> that is a stay-away. It, sorry, I don't know if it Mike, cut out of there. Mike, okay. you still with us? You're still there, Michael? <laughs> All right, we'll get Michael. That's oh, yeah, just <laughs> get him off. I, I mean, so he, I mean, it just and we'll get him back up here. But it's it certainly seems like he the shooting and the scoring ability of these teams. He doesn't think that the the arena, the spot, the, the nothing's going to change that. These two teams could just score. And look, the last time they they played, they scored, right? They were in the 170s, both of the game earlier. And I was looking at that box score. It, it wasn't like either team shot the lights out of the, the building. They just got a lot of shots up. It was a pace thing. Let's go back to Michael here. Michael, go ahead. Uh, finish your thought. Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, these mute buttons on these iPhones are a little bit too sensitive. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? I, um, so yeah, I, I just um, I, I I don't love the the uh, yeah the first half under for me it's a stay away uh, just too much too much offensive firepower on both sides of this game and what I, there, there's no St. Peter's in this game there's no Iowa State there's no Miami in this game I understand the trend that has been set since the Sweet 16 but there's too much there's too much offensive ability on both sides of this game for me to want to trust really any sort of underbet. Michael, before we get to Villanova and Kansas, um, you know I was thinking earlier this week. The idea of, of who wins this game and then moving forward to a potential title game. Obviously, Duke, uh, we know they're one of the two favorites to win this. But let, let's just let's play it out, Michael. Let's say North Carolina wins this game. How would you approach them in a potential title game against either team? I mean, likely Kansas because they're the favorite in that game. I, I just wonder the emotion of, of beating Duke and then having to get back up two days later and try to win another game of that kind of magnitude. Do you think, like, if Carolina wins this, would you think they're live to win the, the national title, or do you think that's kind of where it would end for, for North Carolina? I think they'd be absolutely live to win the national title, um, and I would I would expect that to be almost coin flippy if it were Villanova. I think, you know, given that both these spreads are four and a half and have been living at four and a half all week, if it's Kansas, I would think we would have to expect it to be somewhere in that range and somewhere with, with UNC being like plus 155, plus 160 on the money line. 
but they would absolutely be live and like let's play that through like how are they going to beat you know how are they going to beat uh, duke if they do it they're probably going to get mark williams out on the perimeter right they're gonna they're gonna get some mismatches uh based on that with with caleb love and rj davis and they're gonna you know uh, basically exploit what is a bad defense when you take mark williams away from the rim and so I think they could do similar things to Kansas you know obviously a much better defense than what Duke presents but you put David McCormick in some uncomfortable positions uh, with with the uh, ball handling of RJ Davis and Caleb Love and you create those mismatches uh, that's what they're going to have to do to beat Duke and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to repeat that sort of script against either Villanova or Kansas so absolutely I would think that UNC uh, you know not only would they be live if they get to that point I think that they're live right now with the way they're playing this is not an eight seed this is not an eight seed at all. This is really more like a four or five seed from late January on. And I think that's the way we should be looking at UNC. Uh, and speaking of UNC, as a show, a prop that we've talked about this week, Brady Manick, over two and a half made threes in their two matchups. He said he's attempted 20 threes and hit at a high clip. Uh, we still expect him like you. Uh, you expect scoring. So we expect Manick to go over two and a half threes. Any other any uh, specific players stand out on either side where you think uh, maybe we should take a look at the player props? Yeah, I, what I just said, R.J. Davis. R.J. Davis has a uh, you know, depending on where you're shopping around, you're going to see a point prop in the in the 13 and a half range. And I think that's what UNC does in this game. I think they, you know, we Duke, Duke has been an iffy ball screening defense team all season. And the one thing that, that this team can fall back on defensively is Mark Williams erasing shots and erasing opportunities at the rim. So I think you see a lot of ball screen for R.J. Davis. He's going to have the ball in his hands a ton in this game. You bring Mark Williams out and you make those sorts of uncomfortable decisions that Duke's defense has to make. So I really, really like R.J. Davis to be a, a key scorer for UNC in this game. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Duke really close. Like, like you guys have said, Brady Mannix's been a guy who's been shooting the lights out this tournament. He's done it against Duke. They just saw that about a month ago. I think they tried to erase him. And so I, I like the ball handlers for UNC, uh, both Caleb Love and RJ Davis as uh, big time scorers for them in this game. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's pivot to the other one, Villanova, Kansas. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this is uh, this is one where I, I think it's an uphill battle for, for Villanova right from the jump in this game. Um, I, I think that would have been true with Justin Moore. It's even truer without Justin Moore. And some of the things they've been able to do, if you look back over really their last three tournament games, you know, Houston's sort of an outlier because no matter how good your defense is, you don't expect the team to shoot one for 20 from three, but you can take that. You can take what they did against OSU. You can take what they did against Michigan. 71-61, 63-55, 50-44. That's Villanova's script. That's what they're going to want to try to do against Kansas. I think it's a lot harder to do against a Kansas team that has a, an individual player like Ochai Abaji that has some guys that can surround him to shoot the ball like Christian Brown. You've got Remy Martin now making all these plays on the ball. And you've got David McCormick in the middle, who I think is going to be a really tough handle for Villanova. So I think it's just it, it's an uphill climb for Villanova. I think there's maybe an adjustment period early on for Kansas because whatever tape they have on Villanova, they're going to see something different. Jay Wright's going to do something different offensively without Justin Moore there. This is a game I wouldn't be surprised to see start slow as both teams are feeling out what Villanova's offense is without Justin Moore. But ultimately, I think Kansas just has a little bit too much to uh, for Villanova to handle. Four and a half, kind of steep, but I definitely lean toward Kansas. How about the total on this game? Uh, you know, it's a different kind of game, different kind of teams. I, I feel like the pass for Villanova is probably to slow this down, not to get in a track meet, considering uh, the Justin Moore injury and, and whatever the heck Jay Wright's going to do to replace him and their depth there and how he likes to play it. Um, the total and, and how you think this game flow will go between Villanova and Kansas. Yeah, you know, I actually lean over in this one. Um, you know, Villanova can only slow it down so much. They already play a super, super slow pace, 345th in adjusted tempo, according to Ken Palm. They're taking about 20 seconds of shot clock on an average possession. I mean, that's that's about as slow as you can go. There's still a 30-second shot clock. They're going to have to put the ball up. So they can't really slow it down more than they already do. I think they'll try to find ways to do that. Um, but it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it, like, this is the way the game is going to be played. And Villanova is good enough to impose their pace on this in a certain way. I don't think we see them try to crash the boards too much because that's really where they get into trouble. If they let Kansas get into a run out sort of game, that's really where this is going to get away from them. So I do think that Villanova's pace is going to be closer to the way this game is played than what Kansas wants to do. Kansas just has too many shot makers for them to, for this to work the way that it did against Houston, the way that it did against Michigan. So I still lean in the direction of the over because I think Kansas's offense is going to be able to be the ultimate force in this one. But it's a, it's a pretty easy stay away uh, for me with it being that low and, and liking that side of it. Which team's winning on Monday? Kansas. I've got a Kansas plus 180 ticket that I feel pretty good about. I, I think uh, I, I got a Kansas ticket too. So you're making me happy right now. Let's do it. Let's do this, Aaron. I mean, I feel, I, I just think that you know, part, I, part of that, the motivation behind that ticket is I feel much better about them beating Villanova than I do about the Duke UNC winner period. Um, but I just, you know, everything that, um, that Kansas can do. And like, you know, we've talked about Remy Martin so much over the last couple of weeks, really going back to the big 12 tournament, but he opens up so much for their offense. When you, when when Abaji doesn't have to be both the primary scorer and the primary on-ball creator, there's so many more things Kansas can do. And I just I feel like uh, the the turnaround for Bill Self in 48 hours and what he's going to be able to draw up against either Duke or UNC uh, with all the options you have available, 
uh, for Kansas offensively uh, is going to be something that ultimately uh, is brought to bear for this Kansas team. So, yeah, give me Kansas to win the championship. Remy All Martin, right, then, go, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I was just going to say, we got to go most outstanding player then. Who you got? So for, from a betting perspective, from a betting perspective, I'm actually, I am holding a, a Remy Martin ticket for that also. Um, you know, this is, he's already, so he's already done the work. He's already done the work that he's done this stage of the, uh, of the tournament over the first four games for this team. You already have that narrative that has been built in over these first four week, over these first four games and over this last week leading into this game. And this is just, this is going to be, this is a guard oriented award. This is an award that is so often award, awarded on point scoring because why wouldn't it be? And it's a guard-oriented award. You want the people making big plays, and to do that, you got to have the ball in your hands. And he's going to have the ball in his hands a ton. And again, I think that they win this game against Villanova. I feel much better about that than about the other side of this. With what he's done to this point, I think we have to look at Oshai Abashi as the favorite, but Remy Martin has himself just a couple of good games, and that narrative of him being the difference maker for Kansas's offense, I think that's going to loom large. So uh, Remy Martin is my certainly my betting pick. Uh, to be MOP. So based on uh, your pick, we know what, what you're, uh, what, how you play this, but what do you think about the look ahead line? Duke is a one point favor in the look ahead against Kansas. Does that make sense to you? Or you think that's off? Is that, is that a Duke, uh, a Duke thing? Or is you, you, do you get the line there at the potential look ahead? No, I think, I think that's fair. I think it's totally fair when you look at what these teams uh, have done. And when you, when you consider that, you know, I think, when you, when you just think about what they have to do to get to that next game, I think making Duke a one-point favorite is totally fair. There's got to be an element of you know Duke liability being built into that, too, I would think. I have no problem with that line. Uh, assuming that that game comes to fruition and that's the line we get, I'll feel pretty comfortable betting Kansas. And that's not at all a negative Duke bet. That is, uh, that is absolutely a pro 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 Kansas bet because of all the different ways I think they're going to be able to attack the weaknesses of Duke Duke's offense if, if I'm right about what I think UNC is going to be able to do in getting Mark Williams out of the middle and attacking that ball screen defense Kansas absolutely is going to be able to do that too Michael we have about 30 seconds I mentioned that you're going to be on uh, the score with me tomorrow morning Saturday on early odds it'll be podcasted as well we do a full uh betting preview for Major League Baseball just a few seconds left go ahead we'll, we'll ruin it Share with the class uh, your home run leader bet. Kyle Schwarber. Let's do it. He's going to have his first 40 home run season. Citizens Bank Park. I mean, it's almost as though they said, we're going to have Kyle Schwarber in 15 years. I don't know how old Citizens Bank is. Uh, let's build a park for him to hit 45 homers. Already in as a show bet. Show bet. Show bet. Michael, we appreciate it on the Roman guest line. We'll come back. Lots to get into right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.